Welcome back, everyone, to episode number one, two. This is four. Welcome back, everyone, to episode number four of the Tommy's Corner part of the show. And um, yeah, it's been a fun couple days. I I just want to stop in, do a quick overview of the newest film, Land of Bad, starring Russell Crowe and Liam Hemsworth. I went and saw it last night. And before we get into that, I'm just going to do what I've been doing on these episodes, which is really just talking about what I've been doing in my life, any updates that I have for everyone, and going over what I've been watching recently, because I want to hear what you guys watch. I want to talk about anything. So starting off with what's been going on recently, uh, we've been doing our film festival run right now with the Wait We Carry, our short film. And so far, it's in three festivals, so we're seeing how it does there. And then I'm pr- I think I'm going to release it, depending. I think I might release it on my birthday or around my birthday, which is March 28th. So it might be the end of March or beginning of April. Yeah, I'm excited for everyone to watch it. I'm going to put it on TikTok because you can post the long videos now. I'm going to put it on YouTube. I'm going to put it on Instagram. I'm going to put it everywhere that we can get as much traction and as many people we can get to watch this because I think it's a very important a uh, very important film for everyone to watch. And I think it's important for people to know that not just girls struggle with that kind of stuff, but guys do as well. And as I have said before on the show and in these episodes, it um it is a true story to a point. It uses moments from my life and moments from other people's lives that I know. And I combined it into one story, me and Ryan did. And yeah, um, we're excited to share it all with you. And yeah, we hope you all enjoy it when it does come out. I'm going to say it's going to come out probably next month. End of March, beginning of April, I think I'm going to post it. I'm going to release it to the public. So, yeah, I'm super excited. I really, really hope it, um, that everyone enjoys it. I hope it gets enough people watch it because me and Ryan want to keep doing this. We have, um, we have a script for our next one that we are starting to look into, actually mm-hmm. getting some actors and making it into a, into a movie, but into another short film. But this one's going to be a little bit darker and this one's going to be a more, it's going to be a thriller, a police thriller. And yeah, we have an actual cop working with us from a homicide detective who's working alongside us so we can make sure it's the most realistic that we can possibly make it. And it doesn't feel cheesy or fake. It feels as realistic as we can possibly, possibly make it for you guys. Um, besides that, I've been working a lot. That's been what I've been doing during the week. Um, as I think we talked about on the podcast, we are seeing Dune tomorrow. As I'm recording this, ah, my headset's falling off. Uh, it's it could, we see Dune tomorrow thanks to IMAX and sending us an invite. Thank you again, IMAX. Um, so we'll see it tomorrow. We'll post an episode Sunday about it. It's gonna be a nice spoiler-free episode, and then after everyone gets to watch it, like probably during the first week of its release, we're gonna drop a second episode, and it's gonna be a spoiler review breaking down the entire movie. If you guys have been listening for a while, you know we did this with the Batman, which was a really fun episode for me and Ryan. And is our biggest episode still. So we want to do it for Dune because it's a movie that we've been anticipating since episode. Uh, I think we reviewed Dune like episode 13 or something like or very early on was the first one. So, yeah, we've been waiting for this movie and I think everyone who is a film fan has. So, yeah, I'm super excited to see it tomorrow. And yeah, uh, Land of the Bad. It's really fun. But I'm going to get into that last. That's going to be the last thing I do before we ever, I let everyone go. And yeah, so talk about some stuff I've been watching recently. Um, I talked about it on the show, but I watched the Mamma Mia films, both one and two with a friend of mine. 
they were uh, they were really good. I'm a sucker for romance movies. I'm a sucker for musicals, and this is just ties them both together. So why wouldn't I love them? And my friend was actually really surprised that I liked them as much as I did. I've been listening to the soundtracks. Um, how can you not love Meryl Streep uh, and Amanda Seyfried, Pierce Brosnan, Stellan Skarsgård, and all these Colin Firth, all these great actors and actresses do this movie. And the second one's really good too. Lily James is really good at playing a young Meryl Streep. I really enjoyed the movie. It was anything. The second one's definitely, I don't think, holds up as well as the first one, even though the second one has better reviews. I don't get it. But, yeah, I mean, I still really like the movie. I like both of them. I rewatched the first one after I saw that one. What else have I been watching? Oh, I saw, I watched Caroline again. That movie's still just as scary as it was when I was eight years old when the film came out. Um, I mean, Caroline's one of the best stop-motion animation movies ever. I think Caroline is in my top 100 movies of all time. Maybe, maybe just outside of it, but it's up there. It, it means, it's definitely my top 150. But after that, I saw Out of Darkness, which was a 2022 film that I finally got to see because it was released in theaters near me on uh, February 15th, so a couple weeks ago. And I'm trying to think of what, like, how do I synopsis this movie? Here we go. Here's a synopsis. The Dawn of Man, The Birth of Fear. In the old Stone Age, a desperate gang of early humans band together in the search of new land. But when they suspect a malevolent, mystical being is hunting them down, the clan are forced to confront a danger they never envisioned. I really like this movie. It has a 2.9, right? 2.9 out of 5 on Letterboxd. I give it 3.5 stars. I said I know this is a 2022 release, but it just released at my local Regal. I got to finally check it out. I really enjoyed this film. It is one of the better horror films I've seen in a while. I really do think that. I really like uh, the cinematography was incredible. It's fantastic. The performances were really well done. I think the twists that happened throughout the movie were really good. Uh, its use of the creature in the movie was really cool. And the whole idea of the movie was really well made, was really well done. So I really liked, really liked it. Me and Ryan did not see it with me. I went and took my buddy Connor with me to go see it. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. I would definitely watch it again. And yeah, it was good. Um, after that, as you guys know, me and Ryan watched Madam Web. It was not good. We talked about it on the show. I get it's the lowest score we've given a movie since Halloween ends. So it's just bad. Everyone knows that this movie's bad. I don't think it's being hidden in any sort of way. Um, I gave it a one star on Letterboxd, which I think should really be a half star. Half star. Um, and I saw keep this review short and sweet. Fuck you, Sony. And I'm standing by that because Sony's ass. I cannot believe that they put this movie out and they actually thought it was a good idea to let anyone see this movie. So it's really just... Oh, yeah, I'm just kind of annoyed about it still. Um, I started rewatching the Rocky movies because I'm a Philadelphian, so why wouldn't I just start rewatching them randomly during a week? Um, I watched the fight at the end of one. I watched all of two, all of three, all of four, and I skipped five because that movie's ass. And then I watched Rocky Balboa last night with my mom and dad. That still is my favorite Rocky movie. I know it's a hot take. I think Balboa is both my favorite and I think Stallone's best performance is Rocky. I know he got nominated for the Golden Globe and won the Golden Globe and for Creed 1. But I definitely like his performance more in Balboa. And yeah, um, what else? I feel like there's more. 
There's more I want to talk about. If you hear him, that's um, it's the people in our building. They're quite loud. He's gonna come knock on the door. I bet, or not. But um, yeah, this was. Jiminy Crickets, how is he so loud? But yeah, um, what else did I want to talk about? Oh, baseball's back, so that's really cool. Uh, spring, spring, spring training has started. And uh, Phillies play on Saturday as well for their first game. And then NOLA is going to pitch on Sunday. But yeah, I'm super excited. Baseball back. Those Fanatic jerseys are horrible. If anyone hasn't seen them across the MLB, people, you can see through their pants. And the jerseys look ridiculous. We're not a sports podcast, so I'm going to let my baseball love die down for a little bit. Uh, The real reason that we're doing this episode is to talk about the newest film, Land of Bad, which I was saying is the new film. (coughs) Excuse me. Let me go back. Where is it? I want to pull it up on Google. Land. Land of Bad. Here it is. Uh, Land of Bad. It was directed by Willem Eubank. It had a box office so far of $2.2 million. It had a budget of $18 million, and it stars Luke Hemsworth, Russell Crowe, Liam Hemsworth, Milo Ventum, the guy from the This Is Us. I always don't know how to pronounce his last name. I'm just going to say Milo Vent. Yeah, he plays Sugar. Rabia says plays Shahid Hashimi. I think that's how they kept saying it. Um, who else is in this movie? There was more. What people I want to talk about? Lincoln Lewis, Dale McPherson. Uh, Chica Ngako. She was really good. Um, but yeah, this movie follows a Delta Force team that is ambushed in a territory. A rookie new sergeant that's joining the team uh, refused to abandon. Their only hope lies with an Air Force drone pilot as his eyes in the skies during a brutal 48-hour battle for survival. I truly think that this is the best movie I've seen so far this year. I don't really agree with the reviews so far, which is it has a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 61% on Rotten Tomatoes, 57% on Metacritic, and an 81% on Google. This I gave it an 82, I'm probably going to give it. I think it was really well done. And if you were in the military or you know enough about the military or anything like that, the first hour you're going to really enjoy because they really went for realism, which I really liked. So I give a lot of credit for that. And I thought Liam Tensworth as Kinney was the perfect choice. I'm still in shock that that man is not a bigger superstar than he is. Uh, Luke Hemsworth was an ass in this movie. I couldn't stand him, but that's his performance. Uh, Ricky Whitey as Bishop was really good. He was another one of the Delta guys. And then Milo Ventimiglia. How the hell do I say his name? Milo Vent. Mentaliglia. I don't I can't say it. I was gonna say Milo. He plays Sugar. Um the I'm not gonna lie, the weakest part of this movie is probably Russell Crowe's performance. I didn't it's not just his performance. I don't like his side story. I like when he's the drone pilot because he is just keeping uh Liam's Hemsworth's head on a swivel, make sure he's paying attention, all that stuff. So I really liked it, but um I don't know why it keeps saying this in the synopsis. It says a rookie officer. First of all, he's not a rookie officer. He's a sergeant. And so I guess you could say he's a non-commissioned officer, but he's not an officer. 
Um, he plays a sergeant from the Air Force. He's a JTAC. And for those who don't know what a JTAC is, JTAC runs all of the comms between them and the drones, all the airstrikes and all that. They call for all those. JTACs are dope. Uh, I got to work with a JTAC during some training operations that we did out in the desert, uh, Fort Drum, some other op- training exercises I've done. So I got to work alongside them. They're super cool guys. And I know it's a thing in the military to bust on the bust up on the Air Force, make fun of them, joke with them, make fun of them a lot. But I will say JTACs are pretty cool. They um they're super useful too. If you ever need if you have an armored battalion moving in on you, some tanks, anything like that, those those guys will get rid of them quick for you. But yeah, JTACs are cool. So he gets stuck with they get stuck with him for the mission because he has stomach issues and he didn't make the plane time. So they're like, you're going to do this operation with Delta. And for those who don't know, Delta is the top of the top of the top of special forces across all branches. Delta is re- super cool. Some badass dudes are in Delta. Um, but yeah, it was cool because you get to see, we always see in the movies, like the, how do I want to say this? They're like, oh, we're the big tough guys. All this stuff. Uh, sorry. Yeah. So we talk about where I was like, oh, look, all these special forces dudes and all this stuff. And then, yeah, we do see Delta Force, of course. There's three Delta soldiers and then him. But it was cool to actually get a realistic soldier in this whole battle. A guy who's new to combat, all this stuff. And the gear they wear is super realistic to what we wear. Except for the night vision, we don't have the four the four eyes. Um, but yeah, the cool thing was a uh, big thing is tier one, which is uh, that is Dev Guru, which is SEAL Team Six. Um, the U.S. military's tier one special missions unit are tasked with performing the most complex, covert, and dangerous mission, military missions. And they he goes on a whole speech to them. He's like, "I thought you guys never do missions without tier one. Like we don't. We got stuck with you." And that's a whole. Th- a bit of the stories that he wasn't supposed to be there. They don't want him there. And he proves that he should be there and he deserves to be there. And a scene that comes back towards the end of the film is they're walking and talking. And Liam Hemsworth says something to Bishop's character, uh, Ricky Whitehall's character, Bishop. And he says, uh, war is brutal it's in your face he's like we're making it more peaceful using the missile strikes and all that he's like it's not face to face anymore and bishop gets a little annoyed which i understood because i thought the same way when he said it he's like we have all this technology we have all this and you think that makes you better than us because you dropped a strike from a different country and you killed 50 people just because we didn't shoot him in the head but that doesn't make it any better and he's saying one day he's like we can have all the technology in the world it's like one day if that fails, the sun explodes. He's like, there's EMPs, there's all this stuff. He's like, you need soldiers, man-to-man combat. Man kills man. And that's true. And we get to see when his communication goes down, he has to fight just him, man as a man, fighting. Man versus man. But they did a really good job on how the military movements work. Uh, they didn't use automatic weapons, which was really good. They used semi-automatic because it makes more sense wouldn't use that they got down the 50 cows which was really cool they had them mounted on the trucks uh, when the terrorist organization pulls up not like the term pulls up like they actually drove up 
and they get stuck on a ridge and there's RPG fire. They call in for a, a, a hellfire strike and they blow up the entire base and all this stuff. So it's really cool. Um, I don't want people to think I said that we worked with JTAX. I'm not special force. I'm like a normal National Guard soldier. But we had a we had JTAC with our strikers, so that was pretty cool. But um, I thought about that late. Uh, what else? You know, it was just a really well done movie. I think the action was really good. I thought the Liam's Hemsworth's performance was realistic. And after they get ambushed, he gets separated from the group, and he has like a full mental breakdown, which shell shock really what it was. And I really liked that they actually showed that it wasn't that he was just like all of a sudden snap of his fingers he's a combat warrior it was that he doesn't do this he said he's like if i'm fighting there's an issue and then that's true for jtax you want them on their on their comms you want them giving coordinates for strikes uh ordinance and all that stuff and he does eventually start doing that too because he gets stuck at this one point in a big valley a flat valley and russell crowe and him have a great scene where they're just calling it strike after strike after strike uh, an f-18 comes down lays down some fire for them yeah, it's a really cool sequence. But yeah, the mission really at the start was that they were supposed to just, an asset was there. He got captured. They're going to go pull him out. Then they get there to pull out the asset. And then a terrorist organization comes and kills the guy who's holding the guy hostage. Then they get attacked. It was just, it was a really tense movie. Like, I mean, I bit off all my nails watching it. It's really well done. I do think if I'm finding bad in this movie, maybe a little bit too much CG, not CGI, um, slow motion on certain sequences, but I really did like how they filmed most of the action. I think it had good cinematography and they really went for it. They, a lot of it is practical, which I will give them all the credit in the world for. What else has he directed? Oh, you may. Oh, he directed that movie underwater. Oh, he directed Paramount 2 next to Kin. The Signal, never heard of that. Love from 2011. What's this? Love from 2011. Um, okay. Don't got much about that. Awakening World. Crave. House of the Rising Sun. What the hell is this? Dave Bautista. Oh my god, it is with Dave Bautista. That looks horrible. Um, <laughs> it's like an old WWE style movie. But yeah, he did Underwater. Did that get good reviews in 2020? No, it did not. Next to Kim. Also, not get good reviews. Okay, so this is probably his best movie then, uh, William Eubank. I really liked it. I really liked how he directed it. I really liked the decisions he made in the story, and with the camera angles he used, the way he filmed the fight sequences when they they finally do attack the compound at the end of the film, and he did a lot of over the shoulder shots, which made you feel like you were in the action with him. And they did. They had to do a ton of training because. Liam Hemsworth looked really good. Milo looked really good. Uh, Bishop looked really good. What was the other guy's name? He looked probably my... He was probably my favorite with the movement. Dale McPherson. He, they don't have his name on here, who he played. He was really... He did a really good job. They looked really natural with their movements, which is a big thing for me and my dad and a lot of military people. When you see them move from room to room, building to building move across fields, all their movement, all that. So it, I think it was really well done. Of course, I can only speak to what I've done, which is just training events. So I, I there probably is people that have done 
done went to combat and seen combat and done all that they're gonna see different things that they don't think look as well but from what i know which is not a ton but enough i think to give my input i think they looked really good i was really happy with the they none of them had their fingers on the triggers when they weren't supposed to thank god because that's another big thing for me all the equipment was exactly how that equipment's used there was nothing said that was stupid it was very realistic but yeah, I think just my biggest issue is that it gets a little more like just like an action movie at the end than it does a war movie. It like takes a turn, but I loved it because I did the sequences at the end were really upsetting. It was very in your face violence. And it really comes down to Liam Hemsworth having to do man kills man. There's no weapon systems. There's nothing. It's just him against another dude. And it's it's brutal. It's a violent movie, but that that's necessary violence. And yeah, I all around really like this movie. I really think more people need to go check it out, especially with some of the dumpster movies that we're getting right now. Um, I heard the Bob Marley movie is not horrible, but especially when there's nothing else out and people are going to see Madam Web. Please don't go see Madam Web. Go see this movie. This movie's really good. It should make way more money than it did. Uh, I really want Liam Hemsworth to do more movies because I really like his performance in this. Russell Crowe, I still love him. Just wish his character had a better side story than just playing as Reaper. But yeah, it had a good ending. It was nice. And yeah, it was just an all-around banger. Like, it was just a really well-done movie. Um, I'm a sucker for war movies. I'm a sucker for action. I'm a sucker for realism, all that. So, Yeah. That's the last bit I have about that movie. So please go check it out. It's in most theaters around here and around the world, around the country, actually. So, yeah, everyone go check it out. And then the last thing I did actually want to talk about something else. If you're not a video game person, you can skip the rest of this episode. So thank you for tuning in if you're not a video game fan. And if you are a video game fan, I want to take a quick second to talk about Helldivers 2. This game is awesome. I got it two nights ago. And Levelon Creek is insane. Uh, Circa... I think it was Circula, Circa, one of the, I think it's the name of the planet. Awesome. It's it's a great game. Me and my friends have been playing it super hard. <laughs> I was, I'm just a cadet and my buddies are all master sergeants, so they pulled me into like super hard missions, but I've been ranking up, so it's fun, fun. It's a really well-made game. The service stuff seems to be fixed. Every once in a while, there's like a mess up, but for $40, I don't think there's a better game out there. And yeah, it's just really fun. And yeah, I just want to give a quick shout out to Helldivers 2 for being a really fun game for me and my friend. So I'm just waiting on Ryan to get it because me and Ryan got to play it. And then we um just one. I'm sorry, I keep keep saying one last thing. Um, yeah, we have some video ideas coming forward. We think we're gonna do something for Ryan's birthday, which is March 18th. Uh, we think we're gonna film a Hot Ones kind of style video where we're getting asked fan questions and then doing something while we're doing it. Um. Yeah, I think we're trying to do a little bit more YouTube, a little more TikTok, try and really start getting ourselves out there a little bit more. But yeah, uh, thank you everyone for tuning into episode four of the Tommy's Corner part of the show. And yeah, this was a lot of fun. I really like doing these episodes and it seems like you guys really like these episodes. So I promise I will try and do more of them and not once every three weeks. I will really try and do one every other week or every week. Depends on if this one does really well, then I'll start doing them every week. Um but yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure to like, share, download the podcast. Follow us on our socials, Tommy underscore Cresta, Ryan underscore, no, it's Fran underscore 12, the underscore popcorn underscore podcast. Go follow us on TikTok, the popcorn underscore podcast. 
um, YouTube, the underscore popcorn underscore podcast, I think. Yeah, go check us out on all of our socials. Um, contact us. We love talking to you guys. When you guys DM us, it's a lot of fun. We love chatting. We love making new friends. We love building a community and all that. So yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode. And we will be back on Sunday to talk about Dune Part 2 spoiler-free discussion.